they own a business or they work at a business, right? And that's the point. We have to tell them um, this is must be a win for the business, must be a blessing for them. It sounds mercenary. It is not. They're not in business to support you. They're in business to be in business. Um, so it's got to be a win for them first. If we can, when we come in and we're one of our funding specialists is talking to a business, we say, thank you for wanting to help, you know, the no-kill shelter. But first, Teresa, first, let's see if we can save your business some money. If we can, then please consider making the no-kill shelter your automatic donation target. And, you know, that, that takes all the pressure off of them. Hey friends, welcome back to Grant Writing Simplified. I'm your host, Teresa Huff, and I am happy to have you here today. If you have not watched my TEDx talk yet, please go do that because as we go along throughout these episodes, that will give you more context of what we talk about here on the show. It's called The Real ROI of Grant Writing. You can find that on YouTube. Just Google Teresa Huff TEDx or ROI of Grant Writing and you'll find that. But today, I am sharing an incredible resource from a good friend of mine that will help you build your ROI around your nonprofit readiness, your sustainability, and your funding. And that's really what nonprofits are constantly concerned about, right? And constantly looking to grow is what other funding sources can we find? We've talked about that quite a lot here on the show about finding other funding sources that are consistent and growing before you start applying for grants. And today's guest is going to tell us all about one that is sometimes not very well known. And that's why I try to introduce nonprofits to him and am helping him spread the word because this is an amazing resource. And the cool thing about it is it's a way for businesses and nonprofits to work together to get more funding for nonprofits without costing the business anything extra. So it's really brilliant. I will link to everything in the show notes. It's called Sharing the Credit. And you can go to teresahuff.com slash sharing the credit, or you can just go directly to their website, tell them I sent you, and let them know that you're a friend of mine and they will take good care of you because Will's team is all about helping nonprofits grow and thrive. He is on a mission to help nonprofits be fully funded and to help the business community support them too. I'm talking with my friend, Will Black. He is the CEO and Chief Giving Officer of Sharing the Credit. And this is, like I said, an incredible resource to help businesses increase their funding to give to their favorite charity. And it helps the charity develop unrestricted donations. So he is going to explain. He's going to give us some incredible examples. He's a very smart, interesting, fun person. And I think you will enjoy this conversation. Will Black, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Tell us a random fact about yourself. Thank you for having me. A random fact. This is weird because I'm kind of a random human being. Uh, True story. Uh, true story. Uh, <laughs> I am not in the military. I went to military school. That doesn't count. Um, and uh, not one of those schools like we can't deal with you. 
<clears throat> it's a local thing here in Savannah, Georgia, but I work with a, a lot of uh, military people, a lot of military organizations, right? And I have one thing, and when I tell them, they go, oh, wow. <laughs> and that is um, I have from my five times, 5X great-grandfather, his saber from the Revolutionary War. Oh, how cool. That's, That's awesome. Right. And then is somewhere in this house. <laughs> <laughs> and you pull it out and <laughs> and uh, it is a special, special little Easter egg. And I have a second saber that is n- not worth the board that it hangs on. So that if anybody breaks into the house, they get a piece of junk. There. We jokingly say that the uh, black family sorts the source of the black family power. <laughs> what a cool piece of your history and your family heritage and a thing to pass on to your kids too. Well, the the man who owned that, his name is uh, James Black. He came directly from Scotland hmm. and he moved to Virginia, became a shipbuilder. And then we had the Revolutionary War, but by then he was an American. And that's the point. Right? <laughs> At that point, he's American. He may have had a Scottish background, but he's like, now I'm American and bought and uh, and was it was heavily heavily wounded, but I have the saber. Mm, and, very cool. And that intimidates some people. Yeah. That's a revolution. Oh, yeah, that's a like piece that. of our country's history too, not just yeah. families, but that's very cool. Right. You've met Jason Miller from uh, Strategic Advisory Board, mm-hmm. and uh, he's actually never been. He's been to Savannah before, but he's never been to my home, and he's coming through town here. And you know, of course, Jill and I said, just stay with me. And he said. We get to have a drink. We're going to have a cigar. And I get to hold the family saber. <laughs> He's a military guy. You know, oh. I mean, he, he was in for years. Uh, his own, you know, his own wounds, uh, traumatic, you know, head injuries. Uh, he's a functional human being. He's very smart. Uh, oh, yeah. Incredibly good in thinking about strategics and, uh, you know, what you want for your business. Yes, he but is. he's like, I get to put my hands on. So I get to hold that, right? Like, for sure. Ooh, it's like national treasure. That's it. That's it. Well, it's like a lightsaber. You know, can I hold it? Yes. Yeah. Here you go. Here very you go. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Not every day you get to do that. So you have had an interesting journey to get to this point. And the reason I wanted to talk to you was because you are doing so much to help nonprofits, but I know that didn't happen overnight. So take us back a little bit of how you got into nonprofit work and how you've been involved with them over the years. Sure. There's a caveat due to that. I never intended to get into nonprofits. I think I've told you that one in the past, right? I hear um, that a lot, and I'm the same way. Like it just I'm, seems to happen a lot. I'm a rabid, rabid capitalist, and people say, "Oh, this was really smart," or "This is brilliant." My wife would say, "I think you need to get out more." <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, as I jokingly say, I think uh, it's more like a uh, God dug a hole and then kind of walked me backward until I fell into where he needed me to be. But um, I started with a company called Go Software, which made credit card processing software back in January of 2000. By the way, that's another fun fact. It makes it real easy to date your time in an industry when you start in the first month of the decade, century, and millennium, right? Nice. Uh, you know, yes. Um, I can instantly, I know exactly how long I've been. So. And I started there. 
and uh, they made credit card processing software. So, right, you know, home offices and all of a sudden, instead of being in these cumbersome contracts with all these things, you could have it on your computer and do it for your home business. And I was in the financial East section. That means I talked to banks and the processors, all the the most boring people in the world. <laughs> but I met all the, the people that made it work, and most of it's here on the East Coast. So for me to be on the financial channel and in the East Coast, I met all those people. In a year and a half, I got um, my corner office and a leather chair. And a year and a half after that, I went to Hongbone Shingle, and uh, we did our own merchant accounts. We did everything we created our own credit card processing software that ran natively in Mac and PC. It was a cash-eating dinosaur. <laughs> but what made people most happy is we would take a little bit of time, and when it came to their actual merchant account, we would explain it. Mm-hmm. And isn't that it, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the dirty secret about the merchant uh, or payment processing side of the world. They purposefully try to make you feel dumb. Mm, <laughs> Let I me repeat that. that. They want you to feel dumb. Is that why Daddy, they have so many I, menus that are confusing and you can't push the right button to save your life? <laughs> it's If you could read it like you could remotely read an electric bill, and not that that's that easy, right? But if you could remotely read it, you would say, this is not good, and you would move. And they don't want you to move. They want you to be static. Right. Here's a dirty secret in the industry. Um, A senior VP once wrote in my industry in an industry newspaper, really boring article thing. Don't read this paper. (laughs) It only gives me a headache. It'll kill somebody, not my industry. I'll take (laughs) your word for it. (laughs) Um, It is so bad. But um, man had been in the industry for 20 plus years before I ever got in. Right. He makes a couple of million dollars a year. He's a senior VP about his only job for his company is to write and design his company's merchant statement, right? A merchant statement, it sounds fancy. You get a checking statement, right? You have a checking account, you get a checking statement into the month. Well, if you have a business and you swipe cards, (laughs) you got to get a merchant statement. He says, I cannot read my competition statements. Hmm. Because they're designed not to be read. Mm -hmm. They're designed not to be read. They have as much data and as little information as possible. Mm -hmm. But we would take time and we show people and we're like, listen, do you have 90 seconds a month? (laughs) A month? Teresa, do you have 90 seconds a month to save your business a few thousand dollars a year? Because if you do, we'll teach you an equation. And all of a sudden, you're in. You know where you are. It's an absolutely perfect no, but it shows you where you're falling on the radar. And that's all they need. And all of a sudden, you don't feel like the redheaded stepchild anymore. Right? right? You feel like, I, I'm a, okay, I'm not dumb. Right. It's it's trying to keep you from it. And the educational path just led us down that road. And somebody came in my door, and they, they belonged to a charity. And they said, my entire former board was populated from an insane asylum. <laughs> and I told that joke at uh, before, especially amongst groups of nonprofits and the number of people that go, they know what you're talking about, right? Um, passionate people, good people. But he said they destroy the giving pool 
it's a worthy organization. I can't find money. Big checks used to fly across our desk, but it all went boom. There's a, you know, what can we do? And I said, let me tell you a story. Every time somebody sets up a new merchant account, they go to a, they normally go to a bank. Banks don't do it. I do it. They call me. I have to give the bank a percentage. He's like, great. How does that help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, be the bank. His exact words were, that sounds great. I think I lost three IQ points trying to figure it out. Can you <laughs> can you unpack that? Slow that down a bit. Yeah. And I said, it's a referral fee. Only banks get it because only banks know about it. You could give it legally to a nonprofit. There's nothing that would keep me from doing it. Since then, we, you know, because it worked, we systematized it with IRS, had to get approval, got them to sign off on it. They love it. And then even went so far as getting Visa MasterCard to allowing us to put in that door sticker instead of Visa MasterCard, you know, what have you. You can say Visa MasterCard, your business here sports. Saving puppies in Saskatchewan, right? Uh, Habitat for Humanity of Boise, Operation Underground Railroad, uh, you know, that keeps children from being trafficked. Whatever your charity is, it's in there now. You give it to a bank, give Mm -hmm. it to a charity. And I want to go back to that little piece that you just kind of flew by. I flew by a lot of it. I'm doing the broad stroke. This is approved and complete stamp of approval from the IRS. To do this. Right. That right. is a big thing, a big credibility boost in just an immediate like, oh, wait a second, you've got my attention now. So basically you're redirecting funds from the credit card processing fees to a nonprofit instead of to the banks, correct? Yeah, um, the, the 32nd uh, example of that whole Othello I just gave you is um, when you go in a business and you swipe a card. That business pays a fee to Visa MasterCard, right, at the end of the month. Um, one of those, not the whole fee, one of those fees goes back into the system, normally to a bank, but it could go to your charity. Now, the important thing is this. Who's charity? Not Will's, not Teresa's, not Visa's or MasterCard's. The business is charity. Mm-hmm. The one of the their choice that they want to partner with to support. Let me tell you something. I talk to a lot of charities. I talk to a lot of businesses. There is no cherry picking. There's no rational thought as to what inspires you as a human being, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like blue? Why? There's not a rational reason, right? Do you like red or purple or gray, right? There's no rational reason. I've seen the biggest, strongest, burliest guys care so much and get emotional over puppies. Uh, (laughs) No kidding. You know, women that uh, are, are working uh, with veterans, right? It kind of flip-flops back and forth. A lot of vets work with vets. But you cannot look at somebody and say, this is what this person's cause is. And it's it's inspiring. But a female entrepreneur told me years ago, and this stuck with me. She said, Will, my work isn't the only thing that inspires me. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Right? And it would be years later when I found out that um, 80% of all funding in the U.S. for charity, it's not Bill and Melinda Gates. It's not Jeff Bezos of Amazon's ex-wife, although she's making a run for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is from small businesses. It's not even Home Depot. It's not all these big things. It's not. It's Home Depot. It's the businesses right down Main Street. 
the they corner do store. They do 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love that? Mm-hmm. And they're giving back to their communities where That's it's right. impacted. <clears throat> they can see it in front of them of right. what's happening. And um, it's good business. Cone Communications did a study, right? And they did this back in 2012. So imagine what it would be like now. And they said that if there's a product that you are loyal to, and there is a competitor product right next to it that says, here's that same product, but we also do this social good. Teresa and most people, 80% of the time, will jump from the brand that they're loyal to and will move to that product, at least for that at least for that purchase point, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you have a family pooch, right? Maybe you're a dog person and you buy Alpo. You love Alpo. Your mama bought Alpo. Your daddy is, we're an Alpo family. We do Alpo, right? And then you go and you're buying Alpo, but right there it says kibbles and bits. Buy this bag and we're going to donate a bag of food to a dog shelter. 80% of people jump. I'll buy Alpo next time. This bag, I'm buying kibbles. Mm-hmm. They jump ship to support the bigger cause, the bigger vision. What business case do you need more than that? Mm-hmm. Right? On the business side, if you don't naturally give, and you probably do anyway, there's your FOMO. There's your fear missing out. Your competition's going to give. They're going to leave you in the dust. Build the giving in. As astounding as that means, 80%, four out of five, right? All my fingers, maybe not my thumb. <laughs> but if it's a mom or a millennial, it goes to 90%. Mm. And moms do 90 plus percent of all household purchases and millennials are often two household incomes. Where do you think the money's going? <laughs> it's going to the one that's also doing the social good. So. So from the nonprofit side of things, tell us what this looks like, maybe an example story or how this has boosted their operations. Oh, golly. The number one thing that we hear, right, is that they have now a budgetable income. And that's astounding for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you go from feast or famine, you know, you've got, you're rolling in diamonds and you're living on jujubes to stay alive, like you said, dirty dancing. That's <laughs> dating myself. But the problem is, is you have big fundraisers that take you six months to put together, like that golf tournament, that banquet, that fun run, that knit a quilt, uh, you know, whatever it is you're doing. The businesses that are could be supporting it, they're open all day every day. And then all of a sudden, every time somebody comes and buys pizza or a pair of blue jeans or gets an oil change or does whatever they're doing, they're automatically supporting their nonprofit. That's a huge real world win, right? It doesn't even have to be a lot of money to then change the life of the nonprofit because all of a sudden they've got real money coming in. You work in grants, And, uh, you know, you've told me (laughs) I've got to come in sometimes. And, you know, the reason that that people aren't effective is they don't know what they're doing and there's a hot mess and they're not, you know, it's not in this focused thing. Hence Um, the podcast here. (laughs) The number of people, golly, if you could just grab everybody at one time and say, let me tell you three or four things and this is what you're doing wrong. Yes. Um, And I've told you this story before we had a, a group and, um, Apparently, this is very common, and it was a nonprofit 
They did a wonderful service in the world and they couldn't, they were having trouble making payroll. How often does that happen to nonprofits every day? How are we making payroll this week, next month, next quarter? We don't know. And in today's, uh, you know, unsteady economic times where they're getting redlined, it gets, it gets real scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a grant. Teresa did not do this grant because <laughs> <laughs> they got a grant and it was for $10,000 and all sweet conservative women, a couple of younger women in there, uh, just the same. But all of a sudden it turned into frat house on Super Bowl Sunday. They were high five and chest pumping. They were, <laughs> they didn't have, they don't have beer in the building, but they would have been spraying each other. Right. They were, um, enthusiastically joyful at that point. And then one of them openly started weeping because she read the grant and the grant said may only be used on windows. And they were all, yeah. And what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. The joke became, they laugh about it now. They're like, that's great. That's great. Come winter. We're going to have these nice windows that lets as much mm-hmm. natural light in. Yeah. And they're going to be maybe double pane because we're going to be huddled around a candle with no electricity or heat. Right. Maybe you'll um, save a couple bucks on the electric bill. They will have no electric bill. <laughs> they'll be turned off if they're yeah. going to keep their staff. And they actually got from us like two and a half weeks later, and they didn't know it. They got a $4,000 check. Mm-hmm. And the blessing about us is, again, we said budgetable. We said that a minute ago. You heard it. You, mm-hmm. Everybody heard it, right? Mm-hmm. Within a hundred bucks or so, that was what they were going to make each and every time, unless a business fell off or closed doors. Mm-hmm. But so then they, can can also, add biz- yeah, they can add adding. businesses and go and go and, and just and, and make it more. Um, we had a uh, we have an organization. They called, I, I told you this one, they called themselves jokingly, their inside joke is we're the local nonprofit because you drive 30 miles in any direction, nobody's ever heard of us, right? <laughs> <And that's, laughs> now, they say that in closed doors, and it's funny. And it's definition of local, but they were not in a major metropolitan area. And not huge, they, they only wanted uh, $80,000 a year. And that was a stretch goal, right? They they'd be happy with fifty or sixty if they could get eighty. Everything is you know wine and roses, and they said, but we don't have a lot of businesses, and that's when we laugh, but we keep it on the inside because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings yet. And then when they they did what we told them to do, and they put it you know on their website, they put it in their social media and in their email newsletters, right? And in a little while, they converted twenty businesses, and those businesses. Do two million in sales a month in plastic sales, but they donate eleven thousand dollars to their charity monthly. <laughs> monthly to the and, one uh, charity, right? And uh, it was funny about it is because uh, when they passed a certain mark, also uh, a former grant addict, they they called us up. They they needed some threes in their lives because they said, "What are we allowed to spend this on?" Right. Like, are you going to tell us no operating costs, no this, no that? All your staff should be volunteers, yada, yada. All the all the hurdles of which you help people with. <laughs> and <laughs> right. uh, the problem is, is um, the staff person that answered this wasn't the most politic answer. And he said, we don't care. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, I mean, I, I, we care about you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> what I mean to say, what I'm going to say in that is, Teresa, we're not on your board. We have no say in how you spend th- these monies. Mm-hmm. And that's when it, and so we have to tell people, this is unrestricted funds. No strings attached. Thing. Like grants, Nothing. there are always strings with grants, at it least is the same, the reporting and tracking. It is the same as if I walked up with 11000 in cash mm-hmm. and said, put this in your operating account. Yep. Here you go. Spend you? it how you need it. Who are you? I'm Mr. Anonymous. It doesn't matter who I am, right? I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Spend it as you eat. Um, we suggest you don't go to Aruba for three weeks. Scuba right. trip with your board. Right, uh, right. Always <laughs> keep it within the mission and right. you do your expenses. Mission. Right. But we tell our charities and we tell our businesses, we don't micromanage a charity, um, nor do we allow the business to micromanage your charity, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the job. If you don't trust your charity, they're going to be in the news anyway, eventually, <laughs> you know, for some wrongdoing. Find one you do trust and give to them. Let me tell you, again, rabid capitalists, right? Charities work us under the table. I know people at nonprofits and a 40 hour work week to them is they're like, are you on vacation? Are you part timer? What is it? I mean, <laughs> 50 hours is a part time at your average charity, right? I know people that regularly put in regularly 90 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's sustainable. It's not. And then we wonder why there's such high burnout and turnover in the nonprofit sector. And I think they're freebasing espresso in the back the, room. There's no way yeah. to make that kind of energy. Right. But they are passionate. They, 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 mm-hmm. to the truths and the word, they suffer for their cause. They believe right. in it. They know it. We got to give them the tools to do it. Um, my big passion is, uh, and what we tell people this whole time, when we're bringing on new people and when we bring in agents, you know, ambassadors, staff people, and we tell them what we do and how we do, they get real excited. They're like, why isn't everybody on the planet doing this? This is a self-licking exactly. ice cream cone, right? Yeah. This is the no-brainer. It's a um, no-brainer. But we get into it and we say, listen, at Chain the Credit, we have a very fun atmosphere. And why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get depressed about what we do. We always feel good about it. Two, we have uh, an excited atmosphere. When you hand these checks to people, when you send it to them, and sometimes we do the big phone checks and do some you know, things, those are always fun, but we have a very fast-paced atmosphere. And that catches them for a second because fun and fast, do that, does that work together? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when you were 13? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? But we have to be sober about it, and we say, you will be shocked at the number of times that when we get into the door of a charity, that they're about to close doors that they're about to lay off 20%, 50%, 80% of staff, right? Because they're out of money. Mm-hmm. They're out of money. Mm-hmm. It is the exact opposite. And for all the businesses out there, especially if you remember when you were bootstrapping everything, right? You were struggling. You wore <laughs> nine hats. A startup business has the exact opposite problem that a, a, a nonprofit has. A startup business, they're so busy working in the business that they can't back up and work on the business to grow it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm literally flipping my own hamburgers, you know, rolling the dough for my own pizzas, you know, mm-hmm. stocking the shelves that I can't sit in my office and do the work to grow my business. Right. Charity is the exact opposite. 
we need our charities to be working in their core mission, in mission, not on the mission. You shouldn't be going out and getting tools to do your work, right? Let Will, let Teresa do that. Right. <laughs> and then you, once you've got your in, you've got to stockpile and get to work. Get right. to work. So it's the three-way win, really. The business gets, <clears throat> a business will not do this unless it's a savings for the business. It's the biggest thing I can say. And then the charity gets the ongoing funding. That's a beautiful thing. But the community keeps the charity. We'd be in a sorry state of affairs if all of our charities blipped out of existence. Oh, my. Yeah. You alluded to that sometimes charities are on the verge of closing their doors, which is a really precarious and unfortunate situation, of course, to be in. And that is not the time for grants to sweep in and come to the rescue. That's not what grants are for or how they're designed. So they have to find other avenues to stabilize and bring in income. Right. And once it's stabilized, then grants can be a good option to look at. But grants are not a rescue plan. They're a proactive long-term funding I know a strategy. lot of charities that think they're the rescue plan. Yes. And that's why <laughs> I keep saying it out loud so much on the podcast and to anybody that'll listen or not listen, they need to understand that piece of it. And so then that's where they need to be on the lookout for other things like this that can step in to provide that sustainable foundation. And then you can grow from there by adding grants to the mix, but not as the immediate quick fix because there's nothing quick about grants. And so with yours, it can be more of a stabilizing factor to carry out the mission consistently and then grow with other avenues. Well, it's amazing. You know, if you, uh, like I said, if you get um, a charity an extra $1,500 or $2,000 a month, even as small as the numbers that is, Mm -hmm. and they may need eight grand a month, you know, to to fix all their problems, but they de-panic a lot. But the unsung thing here at the end of the day is always the business. And so we come back to it. Remember I said, uh, you know, the local nonprofit, we, you know, they said, we don't have a lot of businesses, and we laughed at the, that, but we kept it inside. We say, do you really, and we come back, and they start getting a check with a comment, and they're relaxing, and then we tell them, Joe, did you really think everybody that donates to you won the lottery? No. They own a business, or they work at a business, right? And that's the point. But with us, we have to tell them, um, this is must be a win for the business. Mm-hmm. must be a blessing for them. It sounds mercenary. It is not. They're not in business to support you. They're in business to be in business. So it's got to be a win for them first. If we come in and one of our funding specialists is talking to a business, we say, thank you for wanting to help, you know, the no-kill shelter. But first, Teresa, first, let's see if we can save your business some money. If we can, then please consider making the no-kill shelter your automatic donation target. And, you know, that that takes all the pressure off of them. The third business we ever spoke to was a car dealership that does a million dollars a month in plastic. Again, I've told you that one. Keep them in your thoughts and prayers as they struggle. (laughs) No, they give, uh, they've been around for 72 years, right? I mean, they are the name in their community. And we were introduced to them by a nonprofit. That's the whole point. The nonprofit gets to walk you in the door 
because when a nonprofit uh, introduces us to a business, we have the nonprofit's halo, and they put it on our head, right? And we're the good guys, uh, and and we are. And they said, "God bless you for you know coming out. Thank you. Uh, tell us how to help our charity." And we said, "Ground rules. <laughs> <laughs> Understand if this costs your charity anything, or if you had to pay extra as a business, right? If you had to pay a premium." It's too expensive. Say, no, thank you. They say, well, God bless you. We thought you wanted a check at the end of the car. Everybody wants a check from us at the end. Um, And we did what we did. So we ended up saving that particular group $30,000 a year in fees. And um, the big, big, you know, GM of that group said, wow, that's a car. (laughs) It's a whole car. I said, it's a car a year. It's a car every year. And we always underline that. It's got to be a win for the business. Because mm-hmm. if it is, they will give forever. That group, third business we ever spoke to, they not only signed, they're with us to this day, as well as 99.5% of all businesses we've ever signed since inception. Because if it's good for them, they will give to their charity forever. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's a win for the business because it saves them money. It's a win for the nonprofit because the business is automatically funding with fees they have to pay anyway. Mm-hmm. It just goes to the nonprofit. So plus the bigger piece is it's building community relationships and goodwill between different agencies and different types of partnerships. And that just strengthens even more the resources and support network. It's it's also just simply chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> Businesses right. are people. Right. You know, and we all give, we all do something. You always put the coin, you know, the Santa ringing the bell out, you know, in the mall out on the street, right? That's, uh, that's the point. An older man, he was in his 70s, and um, he told me, he said, this makes me feel like such an adult. And his name is Charlie, and I know Charlie. And I said, Charlie, you've been an adult for a long time. (laughs) And he said, yes, smart Alec. I mean, (laughs) what I mean to say, Will, is um, that uh, it makes me feel very financially responsible. Mm -hmm. And he's a good man, and he's very good with his money anyway. But when he found out, actually, it's funny, it's because we're sitting there talking, and he's somebody I I converted over to lunch because he's a few miles down the road from me. And we were talking about a charity we both knew. And uh, four minutes into the conversation, he just stopped. Will, stop, stop, stop. And I thought I'd offended him somehow. Charlie? Yes, sir. And he said, bring me the paperwork. I'm done. Just... Okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, okay we're just, good here. <laughs> we can eat the salmon. Uh, right. Just, we're, uh, and chat about the Enough game. business or, talk. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. If you're going to, I, I have no love for putting this money back into the system. You know, I have a heart for this particular charity. Let me help me give it to charity. How Not I want to help me. Right. Help me carry it across. And that's what you're doing. You're helping connect the dots between all these agencies and the work they're doing and the entities out there. Now I want to make sure it's crystal clear. So go over again with us who qualifies on the nonprofit side mm-hmm. for this. What are the requirements? Well, you have to be a um, an, an IRS approved 501, right? Mm-hmm. The easy one to do is all is always a 501c3, mm-hmm. right? You can be a military organization, which is a, a, a C19, but oddly enough, we also do C6s. Um, which is uh, some civil, like uh, some chambers of commerce 
they normally don't get to play in this particular sandbox, they mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the really cool one. Normally, a charity may not give back to themselves. This kind of muddy some water, right? Mm-hmm. Makes the IRS itchy. Mm-hmm. You do not want an itchy IRS agent. Right. <laughs> but we have, for example, Restores, which is, of course, a, a retail arm of Habitat for Humanity, right? And not in a global sense. One belongs to that, you know, normally we have one here in Savannah, and they donate their own by the Savannah Habitat for Humanity. Well, they are allowed to take their own transactions and take the money that would normally go into the bank and instead give it to their parent company, Habitat for Humanity, with no IRS uh, itching spasms whatsoever. We had to go over this with a, a tax attorney and an IRS agent. And um, the the IRS agent's actual words were, yeah, we don't care. And I said, that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. We want this in gold engraved writing. And, so the uh, restore business dealings that it does all those transaction fees, that portion, the plastic fees, the bank portion of that can go to their nonprofit that's associated with their organization. And and this is because Ira says this isn't, uh, the reason there's no muddying of the water is because once it goes through the Visa MassGuard system, the IRS considers it a completely separate, legal, already taxed in its way transaction. Mm-hmm. It is done. Mm-hmm. It's separate. And we kind of consider it as as if sharing the credit is making this donation. We're like, maybe that's a legal fiction. It's always the business giving mm-hmm. to the charity. And they're like, great. Um, it's a separate transaction. Uh, it, it's okay if that when that, those monies go out, they're normally going to go to the bank. If you want to turn around and you redirect them and they go to the nonprofit, knock yourself out. So basically, you have gone to the trouble of approaching the IRS, letting them scrutinize the process as a whole, pick it apart, put their stamp of approval on it. And now this process is approved for nonprofits and businesses to connect for funding. That's right. That's right. Well, and and we get that all the time. Can a charity give back to itself? Right. Because they often... They often have their own little fundraisers. They have things, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It also breaks your heart. You got to have the bad news to have the good news, right? We had a um, an animal shelter, like a humane society kind of thing, and they did seventeen thousand dollars a month, and they were overpaying uh, ten thousand dollars a year in fees. Wow. Overpaying. To put that in comparison, Teresa, the car dealership. That I that does a million dollars a month that I saved thirty thousand dollars a year that they were excited over because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. business people that's a big win for us thirty k <clears throat> um, you would think on a million dollars it wouldn't be we would have had to have saved them almost six hundred thousand dollars a year in fees for it to be comparable that's crazy right ten thousand dollars for uh, uh, for uh, a little animal shelter I mean that is several full-time employees. Mm -hmm. That is insurance. I said, how much is a shot? And they're like, some of these shots are 50 cents to $5. I'm like, how many dogs is that? How many animals? uh, How much food is that? How many animals are you putting down? Because you, because they don't want to put the animal down, right? Right. They, they weren't a no kill, but they were no kill at last resort. Uh, They were kill at last resort. They would eventually put the animal down. 
And uh, they're like, but we run out of funding. I'm like, without going with me, I can show you how to save $10,000. Yeah. You know, immediately. And it, golly, 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 wow. uh, that, breaks your, that, that breaks your heart. And uh, but at the end of the day, they did that $17,000 in fees from people getting neutering, spaying, uh, adoption fees, uh, also trinkets, other little things that, Hey, buy a t-shirt. I love puppies. I, you know, you know sure. I heart kittens, support all this stuff cause. to support. Yeah. Right. But they can get back to themselves. Now, are they giving to themselves or is it a retroactive discount on their fees? You mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My answer is yes. Semantics a little bit, maybe, but right. Right. Yes. it's both. It's both. But, um, <laughs> right. No, that that's the uh, for that question. That's the you know who can who can give. That's the trickiest one of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I both loathe and love that story because I'm so mad. I'm like, Ugh. but that uh, also fuels the urgency and the need to okay, let's step up and do better. Let's help. That's better. the fast paced side, and we have to use these as training modules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We say this group was laying off half their staff, this chair, this president, this executive director, she is getting an ulcer and has been losing sleep because she doesn't know where funding is coming from. And she's about to walk in there and say, like an angel of death, hey, can I talk to you, Miles? Can I talk to you, And lay off half the staff. You know what that also means? Mm-hmm. Half the effectiveness, half yeah. the good, half the work in your community. Yeah. We That's... love what we do, but we got to move. We got right. We got yeah. to run. Yeah, so. for sure. Because that's the shame in it of not being able to fulfill that and to sustain those key pieces in the program. Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, my goodness, this is a lot of good information. And I will make sure and link to everything in the show notes so people can learn more and find out more about this because it's too important and the word needs to spread, as you know. So tell us before we wrap up a resource that has been meaningful to you along the way? You mean besides Teresa Huff and being able to... <laughs> if that's your meaningful resource, Cause, cause that's I, great. I'll take I, it. <laughs> actually, no, this, is, this isn't just sheer fluff. Um, because in the last month here, I've been able to say that the number of people, when I talk to people, they volunteer grant horror writing stories, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I have a group and they threw $5,100 at somebody and they got out two or three letters and El Zilcho ever happened of it. And they didn't have that money to spend, but they were, they were sold a good song and dance, you know, mm-hmm. isn't that heartbreaking? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> That's like I what heard, you were saying a minute ago with the and example. And when Teresa says, well, you're, your your little duckies, they're lo- they're not in a row. They're supposed to be in a row. And then, why would you go and ask these people? They don't know you. Don't, they, they're not involved in that. And if you direct it here and and then you get those ph- phenomenal numbers. And I I had two people semi-recently and they said, well, wouldn't Teresa be a competition? I said, you're insane. Our job is to help nonprofits. Right. Exactly. Right? And that's like saying, are you competition? Oh my goodness. Let's pool is the ba- resources. Are Batman and Superman, uh, you know, uh, yeah. or are they partners? I said, I'm no kidding. I said, uh, I said, I will probably, because that was an eye opening for me. I just thought like most people, 
grant writing or spaghetti throwing. You know, you're just <laughs> slinging, and the people that do it well through enough spaghetti, they hit two or three people, and they just reapply year after year. Maybe hit a, um, and 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 you uh, in a five minute conversation said, well, they didn't do this, they didn't have, to, and they didn't, and you're like, I feel dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I feel dumb. That's not my goal. <laughs> but no, the reason I mentioned that resource, not to be self-grandizing, is um, we're not competition. And if right. we can all look about it and say, this isn't a zero-sum world. I don't lose if I- I'm taking, and I've told you this, I'm going to take you into, uh, I'm going to try to take you into several hundred nonprofits this year alone. And I mean, 2022 <laughs> Bring it it on. Let's do it. Everybody we talk about, we want to add it on because we should, we're all on the same team. Right? Yes. And if the funding is there and available, let's do what we can do to position themselves competitively. Here's what it. I need besides Teresa Huff. I need part three of that. Who's who's going to be Green Lantern or, or, or the Spider-Man or whoever that's going to come <laughs> in and be part three of that triumvirate, right? Uh, we need Aquaman to jump in. Right. Here, you know? <laughs> right. Um, yep. But I never thought it would be grant writing. And, you know, when you take time, but you do what we always said, a little education goes a mm-hmm. long way. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. This is what you're, <laughs> let's fix a couple of key right. things. Right. right. And right. I can even, I can, I can show you how to do it for yourself. I love that. I was, uh, I, God was in his heaven, sunshine's falling down. You know, I'm like, this is what I love to hear. Um, thank you what you've been doing in, in the community, because how many people you may not know, you know, how, how many groups that you're keeping from closing the doors. So I hope so. Well, I hope between the two of us and you hit the nail on the head. That's why I'm doing this with the podcast and with creating the resources, because I mean, I can't write all the grants for all the causes, but between resources like you and me and the others out there, together we can make better and stronger support and education and the tools that they need to help them grow and fund and be sustainable. Just like me, you're like, listen, if the nonprofit has a person that's trainable, I can train them. Let me train them. You can do this. If they want to do it in-house, but do it better. Let's Home Depot. Let's go in You can do it. We can help. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We're the Home Depot of nonprofits. That's it. That's it. (laughs) I like that. No, this has been awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for all the insights. I want to make sure people know where to connect with you to learn more. And of course, I'll put everything in the notes. Uh, Certainly. Um, the site is, of course, real easy, sharingthecredit.com, right? Um, I'm Will, uh, Will at sharingthecredit.com. Anybody can reach out to me. And one of the really fun things, we kind of glossed over it. One of the really fun things is getting your 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 charity on the door sticker. And um, when nonprofits start to get 10, 20, 30 businesses in their community, but all of a sudden their their logo is branded on all of those businesses, Right. Yeah. That's a fun time. Yes. Because <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes self-generating. They're doing all this advertising. Hey, here's a fun fact. No business in the history of sharing the credit has ever turned away the door sticker. Mm. Because they're like, I love showing, you know, saving puppies or helping veterans or feeding the homeless. They want it on there. They want yeah. to say Visa MassGuard, your business here supports boom, yeah. your charity. 
Yeah. Why not? I mean, they're only going to pick the causes that they really care about. And so, of course, they're going to be proud to display that to show that, right. hey, you're helping mm-hmm. us support this. Let's all work together. And yeah, it's right. a really cool ecosystem. So, uh, you can do this for free. I'll give you the link um, and you can put it under there. And it's like if you would like to see what your charity's door sticker could look like if mm-hmm. they upload uh, their logo. We'll send it back with a watermark because it belongs to them until we're, you know, formalized a few things, no cost on our side, but they can see it and mm. they see that. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I want to see this 100 businesses, yeah, right? I'll, let's do this. <laughs> let's yep. go. Yep. Very good. Well, I hope people will look into this and really consider this as an incredible option for funding and for building their capacity for their nonprofit. So thank you for sharing and for another great conversation. It's always fun to chat. Thank thank you. Thank you for having me. What did I tell you? Will is quite the person, isn't he? He's got some great stories and examples and sharing the credit is a powerful resource. I've been so excited to share this episode with you, and I hope it gave you some incredible ideas to take to your nonprofit, to talk to your board about, share the episode with them, and go check it out. This is a completely legit resource that is available to nonprofits, and often it can save the business money as well, and at the same time support the charity. So it's truly a win-win all around, which ultimately helps support the mission. And that's what it's all about, right? Is finding ways to help you carry out your mission in much better ways to take some things off your plate and help you be on the front lines and be in the cause, working for the things you truly care about. So you can go check it out at teresahuff.com slash sharing the credit. I will link to it in the show notes. And um, yeah, just have a conversation and explore the opportunities because this is such a tremendous tool to help you work on your mission. And they truly believe that doing good is good business. So, all right, friends, if you end up talking to Will's team, I would love to hear from you. Send me a message and let me know how it's going and let me know what you're up to in your work. I love hearing from you and hearing about all the different missions out there in the world. I think it's incredible the work you're doing. So please keep it up. I'm cheering for you. So connect with me on LinkedIn or on my website, shoot me a message and let's keep the conversation going. All right, friends, have a great week and go change your world.